This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right. Welcome to the JRE Review for the week of August... Ninth, sure. Yeah, yeah no, August ninth. That's it. Well, maybe I should say it for the Monday of that week. It doesn't really matter. If that's the case, then it's the week of the fifth. Four, fifth, but fourth, math. Ugh. <laughs> the podcasts have been unfolding kind of slowly. It's almost like since Joe went away hunting yeah. and then to to Italy. He's like starting later, or he's releasing them later. So we've got we've got two to talk about today, but they are two that are very important to both of us, Mark mm. and I. Yep. One more than the other for each. So we've got Jean-Jacques Machado, jiu-jitsu legend, and also the coach of my coach that I train under. And then we got Your the Bernie Sanders coach. one. <laughs> yeah, my grand coach, grandmaster coach. Mm-hmm. I've never met him. Um, I knew he trained Joe, and um, and I think Eddie too, Eddie Bravo for some time. But uh, very exciting to have him on. I couldn't be more pumped to just hear the history and the breakdown and and all the fascinating stuff about about this. It, it's it's a funny one, Mark, because. Um, you know, there's there's other people that do a similar thing, and and really all they wanted this week was Chappelle to be on, I know. and that's all. I it ever made want. me laugh because like you and I both do stand up that we love Chappelle. He is the goat. We're huge fans, but there are other great guests that can come on too. And oh, absolutely! These two guests were perfect for the week, and just have some patience. They like weren't. it's fine. Mm-hmm. People will either get on or they won't. Right. Exactly. They either get on or they won't. Yeah. So how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm not hungover. So that's a... Mm-hmm. I feel like every Monday we record and I'm like hungover. And mainly it's because you and I were drinking on Sunday. <laughs> That'd do it. Yeah. That's usually the it. factor that it brings it in. It. So I'm it's good. Slow, it does slow your brain down too. It's, it's probably better for us to just do the podcast a bit drunk rather than doing them slightly hungover. I think that was our uh, best one. Our best one. People would get more out of it. (laughs) A bit of whiskey never hurts. No, it didn't. Vanilla whiskey. Woo! (laughs) A lot of whiskey does hurt, though. A lot of whiskey does does. hurt. Especially at at our age. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Mark, you're not... You don't train jiu-jitsu. You don't, don't know too much about the... Do you, what do you know about jiu-jitsu, other than what I rabbit on about all the time? I know Keanu Reeves learned it in 30 seconds in The Matrix. That's pretty much all I know about jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I have taken... I think that was Kung Fu. Oh, shit. No, but he does say, he's like, jiu-jitsu? 
I'm going to learn jujitsu. Um, oh, nice. I think that's it. And, you know, there, no one ever delivered that line better in history. So, um, I don't know. I, you know, I have dabbled in the martial arts. And by dabbled, I mean I took karate as a kid. I took it in college. And I think I, like, took it once after college. And I have um, I have three times ascended to the glorious rank of white belt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I think that's just because I tied my belt correctly, so I don't. Um, but you know, you and I have been in a few scrapes. You know, I've uh, yeah. I've, been, I've been trained by the streets, as I like to say. Um, <laughs> but no, I really I, know, too. I don't know fuck all about jujitsu. But so I'll I'll leave this to you. <laughs> you tell well, me what yeah. do you know about jujitsu, Adam? Tell me your experience, please. Well, I could rabbit on all day, but this this conversation with Jean-Jacques was a lot of new information. I didn't know a ton of the history behind uh-huh. how it came about. Obviously, it's it, you know it's fairly new as martial arts go, really, because many of them. If you look at karate and mm-hmm. taekwondo, they go back a long way, a long way. Now, Joe started with taekwondo, and he was um, competing nationally. You know, when he was a, very young, like nineteen twenty. Sure. And um, w- was good. It had a ton of power. He had really. He went to a school that focused on like extreme power style kicks, generating as much power as possible. And they had mm-hmm. some legends over there. So that was that was a big thing that I've always heard on his podcast. Is like immediately he trained with some of the best people in the country, and that's how he became quickly one of the best people for his age in the country. Um, could he have done it anyway at a regular school? Maybe, sure. I mean, yeah. sometimes there's proteges, but a lot of times the technique is is what it is. It's there's the trained and the untrained, and he was just around the best. And through sure. that, and always listening to Rogan's podcast is like that's how I sort out the schools that I went to. Is like find out who teaches them because there's a ton of jujitsu <laughs> schools all over the country it's grown massively because of the ufc because of mainly the ufc i would imagine and obviously joe talks about it a lot on his podcast but you know they're they're all around i think i went to my first one in like 2009 or 10 Mm -hmm. and and that may be that was probably it was probably slightly before joe even had his podcast i think Mm -hmm. he did start at 2009 but i wasn't listening to it you know steadily right. though i've gone back and and heard most of the originals um Couple of but yeah it was because of the ufc it was because of watching the ufc i was like fuck yeah i want to learn this yeah it's that's a awesome. wild yeah so you i had to find the best people and train with them living in santa monica and in la we've got some incredible schools so i train under anato who trained under jean jacques they're like they're related and right. And Jean-Jacques has trained Joe for like 20 years. And it's beautiful to hear like the, well, kind of like the love that they have, right? They have such compassion for each other. Yeah. They've known each other so long. And, and one of the coolest things that I got from this is that we have pictures of Chuck Norris, right? Like, what do you mm-hmm. think when someone says Chuck Norris, who is he? How good is he at martial arts? Like, what, what do you just assume from like his movies well the the immediate thought goes to like these memes that always come out of chuck norris like if chuck norris was in a fight with blah 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 or whatever um yeah i always think of martial (laughs) arts movies but i don't know 
Is he really that good? You tell me. I don't know. Is he? Is he really that good? It almost seems like it was more showy than it was. Like I, I, I just never felt like if like it was Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee. I feel like Bruce Lee would smoke him. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, see that that is exactly what you would think, and how I used to as well. Because like you'll watch, you watch uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, for example. I'm right. pretty sure he never competed as a martial artist. He was I like a breakdancer. He, he was just like a dancer that could do the moves. I think. I mean, I think that was something more like that for show. I mean, he I may really have had a black that. belt. But that is the truth. So this is what you assume. Well, what right. you find out about Chuck Norris is even though his movies are kind of cheesy, he was a 10 times world karate champion. Was he? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, see, you He's know, fucking legit. My Chuck and Norris Bruce Lee had a ton well. of respect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, but people don't look into it, do they? They don't think, oh, yeah, this is something. But then you hear that when, the, when Machado was first training with fa- with his family here in like the early 90s setting up we, that's not when he was first training but that's when he was setting up schools in and around kind of like the LA area uh-huh. they couldn't afford a school they couldn't pay for one and Sounds he was right. saying to Joe that one day so so Chuck Norris would do movies for six months of the year and then six mm. months of the year he'd be off and he would train jujitsu obsessively it was no like shit. he knew karate, he was awesome, but he was like, I have to learn this like ground fighting. And he didn't like the drive to the school, so he basically Fun. bought them a school closer to his house. He funded them, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's cool. That's a cool story. Uh, never. Well, it's fucking cool because you'd never equate Chuck Norris to being, you know, a big reason why... The family got to stay, and jujitsu thrived so much, at least in this area, and then mm-hmm. eventually in the whole country. I mean, if it hadn't have been big in L.A., it wouldn't have been big in the whole country. So who knows right, how important Chuck Norris has just become in the jujitsu community? Not just become, but like people have found out about it. It's yeah. like wow, that's, that's fucking nuts. wild. Yeah, what a legend! What a silly. Man, in the sense of how cheesy his shows always were, so cheesy. But like, what a real not, legend! He is not the best actor. Let's let's just put it out there. <laughs> he, yeah, he seemed to struggle to improve as well. I guess he just didn't need to. They were probably like, "You're you're fine. You're doing it's true. great." It's true. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of an equivalent, but a lot of the, like the wrestlers and stuff, a lot of them come out. And they're actually pretty good at this stuff, so I can't really think of the equivalent. But it never seemed to matter. You know, and I think yeah. he's if you're talking about movie stars, I think he probably appeals more to a middle American man because they see themselves in him. They're like, oh, you know, if I had 30 years of karate and jujitsu training, I could be just like Chuck Norris because I'd wear I'd have a bushy beard and I'd wear a cowboy hat. <laughs> so I think that's probably part of his appeal. Did he have a mullet for a while, too? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I can't even think of what his show was called. I know I've seen it. Texas Ranger, right? Well, Walker, Texas Ranger, which was a favorite of my grandmother's before she passed away, God rest her soul. Um, She would call She'd get drunk on an old-fashioned, and my mom would call her. She'd be like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm walking. I'm watching Walker, Texas Ranger right now. It's like, oh, my (laughs) God. Only my fucking family. Oh, my God. Um, it's so good. 
Yeah, so, but yeah. he was in uh, he was in the Delta Force movies. Now though, I didn't I didn't much care for Delta Force too. But one of my favorite memories of my fucking life is when um, I was in high school in Tennessee, and there was threat of impending snow. We didn't know if it was going to happen or not, but it was in the radar. And you know we would get out for snow because at that time in the southeast, cold precipitation like that it was just didn't happen very often. Um, so when it did happen, they shut down everything because nobody was prepared for it. Um, and so we stayed up super late watching Delta Force One, which is like mainly kind of like it's like a plane hij- hijacking, and they bring in Chuck Norris and his team, and blah blah blah, and they hunt them down. And but it's actually a really good damn movie. We st- I stayed up super late, and then the best thing ever was the next morning, knocking my door, and my mom was like. No school today. And I'm like, yes, thank you, Chuck Norris. <laughs> like somehow he got the credit. I'm he deserves it because he saved yeah. all those people in Delta. Those Force are the one. best goddamn days too, because it's just oh. like it's really is like a gift. It They're feels gifts. like a gift. It's just They're like gifts. nothing to do, and you know you don't get extra homework because of it. You don't yep. get behind in your work. It's not like missing a day off your job. When you've got deadlines, and now, oh shit, your deadline's twice oh, as close. It's yeah, like freedom. Long it's weekend. It's total freedom. It's a gift. We don't get those in L.A. We might get out for fires, and that's just not the same thing. <laughs> yeah, nobody gets called off school here, surely. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's never. really nothing. For no what, perfect to. weather? Sorry, you could, it's right. just like a perfect weather day. You know what they should do? They should average it throughout the country. So if like people in the north are getting a lot of days off for bad weather then in the south they should get the same like it mm-hmm. should just be like okay well because of the averages you're off today monday everyone hits the beach and you're like thanks a lot bad weather <laughs> thanks so much bad weather i don't know it feels <laughs> like this town shuts down for rain though like it doesn't matter like i think yeah yeah it kind of does. Well, just everybody just crashes because growing up in atlanta when it would rain that's when everything would get busy that's when restaurants would get busy. That's when movie theaters would get busy. People were like, because you can't just stop your life for precipitation because it happens so often. But if you get like really hard one, people are like, well, we can't do anything outside. So let's go to a restaurant or let's go to the movies, something like that. Here rains. Everybody's like, I can't. I can't go out. It's it's too treacherous. It's like, it's, a, it's just a light drizzle. Nope. Nope. It's too dangerous. I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, how pathetic does this sound? I've caught myself doing the same thing, and I'm fucking English. If we didn't do things when it rained, we wouldn't have done anything ever. You guys would have been conquered, like, way more often than you have been if you guys didn't fight Immediately. Immediately. (laughs) We would have just said, hey, you guys coming here, is there any way you can stop the rain? And if so, you can be our new leaders. You could just have it. <laughs> but I, I'd catch myself just staring out of the window when it rained. Well, two things happen here. One, when it rains in, in and around L.A., it fucking pours. Pours. So it's hammering rain down. It's not just like yeah. a little drizzle. And I, I don't even have a car. So I'm either Ubering or getting a bike or walking. And then all of a sudden, being in the rain is not worth And then, you know, you don't have a fucking jacket either. When, do you, when have you... I never wear a jacket. I don't even know if I own one. I have a hoodie. And it's like, that's I not have... rain ready. And no, an umbrella yeah. is, is not a good investment here. It, even though they're only 10 bucks, oh, you've wasted agree. 10 bucks. You'll Same never with windshield them. wipers. I needed, my girlfriend would be mm. like, 
honey, you need to replace your windshield wipers. I'm like, why? It never rains here. And this, uh, and this went on for five yeah, years. To blow leaves <laughs> off your window. And the first it. thing, the first thing when I got my new car back in April, I was like, oh, I have new windshield wipers. That was the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and let me it. tell you, they're great. And I got an umbrella too, but I stole that one, kind of. Yeah, somebody, stolen somebody umbrellas just... are worth it. That's actually the investment you should make in LA. You see Absolutely. one for free, take that, and then your only burden is storing it until it rains. Exactly. You know, it's and... funny when you were saying the name of that show, the Delta Force One, the yeah. Chuck Norris show. I was like, are they so bad at making shows that they don't even realize you don't number the first? Movie. Oh no! It wasn't. Well, no, they didn't. I was just referring it to Delta Force One. It was actually just called Delta Force. Right. I was, right. I was just that would have been fucking hilarious. That like, been, it's just like yes. it goes so perfectly with how cheesy it all is. They're like, we're gonna make three of these movies. We're gonna make. We're gonna, we're gonna share Delta the Force One, Two, and Three. And then the first guy's like, oh, we're gonna have to name it One. Nobody there even are, realizes. There are producers out there dumb enough to think that. Trust me. Hmm. Without a doubt. Well, you got to wonder what kind of director they would have for, like, um, the Texas Rangers show, for example. I mean, and, it was kind of like an era of, like, Rocky and Rambo movies and Bruce Willis sure. and just complete machismo, tough guys with bad acting. But there, there must be a point where they're like, fuck, I went to school for this. This is the least realistic, least heartfelt, most ridiculous thing. I've ever yeah. seen. He's like you wearing jeans and cowboy boots and scaling walls and doing. You, you know what is realistic? Kicks. That that paycheck. Mm. <laughs> those those student loans. Those are realistic. So that's probably what yeah. they're thinking. And they're like, "Fuck it, I'll Do go through the motions." Just, yeah, and then drank a lot. Tons. Just drank a lot to, Tons. to deal with it. Man, and we all you... do the we all do the shit job in hoping that we get the good job later. It happens. Mm. But they were probably they were no, probably no, I'm happy. With you. Okay. They were probably happy. They probably you know they, they got the it was pretty easy days. You know it's procedural shit, so it's not really hard. Easy right. setups. They work like, um, you know, like a well or a mach- oiled machine. They know what's up. They're well, happy. I love the way. idea that he only works six months a year too. That's him, amazing. That's what a beautiful way of doing it. I I feel like he is a he's a a much smarter guy than than people give him credit for. He oh, seemed I'm to sure. have good balance, you know, I'm and, sure. he, and he followed. I mean, he was one of the best at something he did. I no yeah. doubt that was going to make him good at other things. I guess not acting, but but you know, supposedly his jujitsu is on point. And again, he found the best people, the best family. Now the Gracie family. Now you've heard of the the term Gracie jujitsu, or have you just heard of jujitsu? Just heard jujitsu. What do you know, Mark? I'm a okay. novice. So the Gracie family is like the the most well known. So they call okay. it the Gracie schools. There's a ton of jujitsu schools though, and uh, Machado Jean Jacques is a Gracie, but something to do with Brazilian names. Like you take like your mother's name and your father's name or something. Fuck, forgive me if you're Brazilian and or if you know this, but I should. Sorry, Brazil. I've had it explained to me, but I forgot. I forgot how it works. But anyway, that's why he has a different name. He has the Machado name. But they're all the same family. Okay. And after a guy called Hoist Gracie in 94 won the very first UFC, where there was it was the first competition 
And that's what's awesome about the UFC, where they matched up all these different styles of martial arts. Dude, they had sumo. They had, like, this French um, karate kickboxing style. They had uh, wrestlers. They had jiu-jitsu. They had all these different types of people coming in to fight. And boxers. Mm -hmm. They even had a professional boxer who did something really weird and only taped on one glove because he was expecting to be able to hold you with the other one. It was fucking so bizarre. But nobody had figured this out before. Yeah, nobody knew what they were doing. And there were no rules, basically. (laughs) You You could pull hair. I'm pretty sure you could punch to the groin. It was fucking nuts. Ooh. And they all went at each other. And this guy, this family called Gracie came in. And they didn't even pick their toughest guys. They actually picked one of their youngest sons, Hoist Gracie, who weighed like 170 pounds. And uh-huh. they put him in. And the reason they did that is because they wanted to show that we don't even have to put in our toughest guys. We can put in our smallest brother and he will be all of you. And it's exactly what he did. And no, no one could figure it out. Dude, it was it was mind-blowing. I was, I think, four, 15, 14 at the time. And I remember seeing it. I didn't see it live, but I heard it after the fact. And I was able to get a hold of a tape. And I remember watching just going, that's unbelievable. This is like, even though he didn't fight like a Bruce Lee, it was like, it was like a movie unfolding. Because it was so unbelievable what he was doing to these people just no matter what they did tangle them up and destroy them it was yeah. it's wild because things like that don't really happen you know they don't they right. don't really happen it's rare in sports and it's definitely rare in fighting because it's like well you can just be bigger or stronger or do more steroids not with this guy you can't it right. wouldn't have mattered it, I think there was a dude called Chemo or Kimbo or something, and I'm not talking about Kimbo Slice, but a dude way back in the day. He Uh was this giant, I think, Hawaiian wrestler. Dude, this guy was massive, like power lifter big, and a wrestler, so just could crush you. And Hoist Gracie just got a hold of his, like, bun ponytail, Uh pulled the shit out of it, and I think just got him in an armbar, pulled it, and won. And everyone was like, no one can beat this human being. That Holy is, shit. He weighed 170 pounds, dude. What do you Just, weigh? I'm 210. Yeah, right? 40 <laughs> pounds. I yeah. think the chemo guy was like 280. He was over oh, 100. I think over 100 pounds heavier than Hoist. And Just, skilled fighter. And this goes to fight. show you, man. You don't know. You never know. Well, it's the trained and the untrained. and But it also highlights how beautiful this art is. You know, mm-hmm. and I I don't want to like go too much on about it because people that are Rogan fans have to put up with him doing it too. But I really do <laughs> put it out there to anybody that has not tried it to give it a shot, like just to go over, see what it is. It doesn't matter how clumsy and goofy and small and uncoordinated you are, the you'll do it long enough to where you will get good. You will, and yeah. you love the people over there. It's a family that honestly just beats the shit out of each other all the time i love martial arts families yeah and there's there's, and the level of respect there is really good too you can always tell you can always tell yeah it's it's awesome what what i liked about even within their own community they had um a i think a cousin i think his cousin was called hickson gracie and Mm -hmm. hickson was always known as being the the biggest and the strongest right and hickson's cool because he does all like 
like advanced breathing techniques and all this yoga stuff and there's like videos of him online like he can breathe with his abdomen and just like suck it in move it uh-huh. sideways do all this weird shit like it's very right strange, of course yeah he's like he's like a bit of a hippie and breathing is a huge part of really any fighting and especially jujitsu because you you panic and you forget to take good, good breaths but jean-jacques was saying that that hickson would go to a school where a lot of high-level black belts are and he was so good he could let them start in any position they wanted and we're talking even like sinking in deep rear naked chokes which is like a completely dead position you're fucked if you're in that you're fucked Uh and he would not only get out of it but he would then submit them by putting them in the position that they started in no shit you know sometimes there's just you meet somebody that's the best at something like yeah that's just kind of what that is like at a certain point he's like well then he's the best (laughs) that's just how it is they just happened to be you know this like knowledge was given to this gracie family to their like grandfather i think by Mm -hmm. this japanese jujitsu practitioner and then the gracies adjusted it in brazil so that it was it worked better for their style of fighting and it just happened to have been given to a family that was like incredibly inept to doing this imagine if it was given to a family that just wasn't quite as athletic Exactly. I mean, it would have never taken off. It would have no. never blown up. It makes you and wonder. It makes you wonder how many oh, of those dude. would be out there that just will never know it. Like, is there something you and I are really good at that we just don't know about? It's clearly not podcasting, but... <laughs> <laughs> but is there something... What like, if we, is it? If we decided Maybe to Maybe we're the world's best... Yeah. Fluffer. The world's best basket weavers. <laughs> exactly. That would look therapeutic. (laughs) (laughs) It might be. It makes me wonder. It makes me wonder. But oh well, too late. Well, is it that everyone is... Look, people definitely have strengths in any area. And they always used to say that to you kind of growing up. Like, find what you're good at and go do it. Or find what you love and hopefully it's the same thing. Exactly. Well, that's what I've done. That's what, Much to the chagrin of my parents. But, oh, the arts? Oh, God, why? <laughs> well, I started with what I was good at. I was good academically. Yeah, you did. I liked being in school. I liked college, believe it or not. Uh, well, because it was not having a real job. So, I And I was good at it. And I liked yeah. tutoring and helping others. And But when I got done with it, I was like, oh, I don't want to do the jobs that are connected to this degree. Exactly. Shit. So I had to make a sharp, a sharp change. Yeah, no. So you, now it's just passion. And now it's just things I like to do, regardless of how good I am at them. Hopefully yeah. you get better, right? Shit. I mean, at the end of the day, make yourself happy. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Can you ever say that you're, you're good at stand-up, too? Like, but, you can do yourself to, to pump yourself up, but I think when you're around other comedians... I'd, I think the rule is you just never do it. You're like, no, I still suck, but oh, yeah, here I, I am on this show. <laughs> I don't even talk about stand-up in terms of, like, good or bad. I like to talk about stand-up in terms of, like, oh, this joke worked, or this joke is strong, or you know, this this bit worked, or and feel good about that. But I don't like to say, I would never say I'm a good stand-up 
Like in public. I'll say it when I'm complaining to my girlfriend and I get a shit I spot you. in one of my shows with a lousy comedian in front of me. I'm like, God, I'm way stronger than them. The fuck? But that's another, uh, that's another conversation. But that's, but, that's really what it is, though. It is yeah. just the, the bit. Is the bit good? Is yeah. the Consistently. section of it good? Was the crowd good that night? I mean, because I think if you say that, if you just straight up say to yourself, I'm good at comedy... The day you get that just blowout, dead, completely bombed, you know, eating a plate of dicks set. Absolutely. Then you have to be like, oh, shit, I suck at this. But I don't approach like, stand-up. Actually, it's more depressing if you have that. Yeah. I don't approach stand-up comedy the way a lot of comics do. I look at it as if it's like a performance. Like, a, no different than Broadway or, you know, West End or regional theater or anything like that that's how i approach it like i have my kind of my script that i'm so familiar with that i can go off topic change a joke here change a joke there change the delivery or whatever but i don't think of it in terms of like a lot of comics do um i like to go at it like because i'm a writer primarily i like to write comedy and so then it's a performance so it's scripted for me and i'm like ooh. And it's testing out a joke. Did that land? Do I need to change the cadence? Do I need to change the inflection? Do I need to change the rhythm or the organization? Things like that. So I just, I approach it from a technical standpoint. And then with the preparedness, I feel like the art takes over and the enjoyment and the passion and all that. So I know a lot of comics approach it in a very different way, but I'm I'm almost scientific in a way about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, the, I mean, yeah. it's it's the same thing. Like, you take everything that they were talking about jujitsu, and it was yeah. one thing they didn't really hit on in their conversation is how much you should practice. It was just taken right. for granted the fact that because he taught it, he did it multiple times a week. But he was trying to get Joe back at the end because Joe had an injury, and he's like, "You got to mm. come back, train. You got to come back." That was as close as they got. But the key there, and it's the same with the stand up, is like you've got to do it. If not yeah, every day, every other day, it's got to be all the time because it's yeah. it's a it's a blade that gets dull quick. Oh, big time! You got to be. Yeah. I mean, I re- I know my set like the back of my hand, and I still rehearse it like crazy, like always, mm. always. Yeah, Can't, and that's super fail, important. It, it does because you just you can't. It doesn't just come right back. It's not like riding a bike. You gotta you have to be in the rhythm for it have to be in the rhythm for it and it's that's super yeah. important my old acting coach always used to say to do it 250 times didn't matter whether it was a scene or a monologue or stand-up or a song or anything 250 times he goes at that point you know it you know it so well it's the back of your hand and then you um and then you can really start to work on it rehearse it play play with it and i think that's important it amazes me when some comics come up and they have, bring their paper with them i'm like what are you doing like this is a performance. Yeah. This is not an audition. Yeah. I've done I've done that twice. I've done that twice. One time I wrote it that day mm-hmm. and I was like I just cannot rem- I like there were two transitions I couldn't remember and it right. just kept falling out so I brought it so I could like have it there and I ended up not needing it. And then the other time was that show that we did right, and right, it was right. because it was well it was three times longer of a set almost than I'd ever done. I'd only done done three minutes. Well, so then 
the first time you ever go through the whole thing in front of an audience is at a show that you're recording and you invited everyone to, I was like, this is a bad plan if I don't have something up here with me. Man, um, I was comedy store last uh, last time I was there, this girl, um, I can't remember her name, perfectly delightful. She brought her, brought her paper up on stage and I was like, girl, you're the comedy store. Like, what are you doing? And then, and she yeah. didn't pay attention to the line. She got played off. I felt horrible. I felt terrible. Oh, yeah. That was really painful. Like got played. That's off. not a place you want to do that. No, I've That's never seen somebody played off that. there before, ever. Though I'm That's sure it's incredible. happened. I've never seen it. I've been doing it eight, nine, was like nineteen. Was that ago. on what show? Was that on? That was the D's Nuts show on Fridays. Oh, yeah, Oof. yeah. Gosh, poor fucker. Well, again, practice. Practice, practice makes perfect. Practice, but practice, look, practice. with with this episode and and for anyone that it, maybe people aren't that into jujitsu and didn't want to hear it, but for me, this was a special episode that I've been waiting for for a very long time, and mm-hmm. uh, I couldn't have loved it more. And if you're interested at all in understanding more about jujitsu and what it can do for you, and it's way more than just the the fighting component. Like it's not even why I do it. I do it because it's hard. Because I don't really care to go to the gym and work out, so I get to do this, right. and it's a, it's more intense, and it just gives you so much confidence. and And the people there are so cool; they're like they really become your family, even if you're a little socially awkward. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to be the popular type of tough guy. Nothing. You just go there, and eventually you keep working. People will respect you. So I loved it. So definitely check this one out. Now next. In line with Mark's comedy and Mark's impressions. Yeah. Uh, and Mark has an excellent bit where he does a Bernie Sanders impression, and it's yeah. it's fantastic. Uh, we have the man, Bernie Sanders, podcast 1330. I do have to say that it's kind of crazy now that Joe's podcast is so big that if you yeah. want to become the president of the U.S., you go on it. You're going on a show. That was good. And this isn't just a late night spot. This isn't just like, oh, you're on Fallon for yeah, it's not five minutes. Nobody learns anything. This is true. Well, they talk about that on the podcast. How it was only an hour, though. I think so. It was a short one. It was only an hour. A long fucking time for Bernie Sanders to be talking to someone who can ask him pretty much any question he wants. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and this is this is very. This to me was very interesting. Girlfriend and I were talking about it, and how I said Joe is like a microcosm, I think, of what a normal American really is. Um, like he likes hunting, he likes fighting, jujitsu, UFC. He has his hobbies that are very quote unquote American. Um, and you, if you look at Joe Rogan, my first thought would be, yeah, probably kind of a, a man's man conservative dude um kind of likes likes the way things are but then you get to talking to him and there are some really progressive things that are coming out of his mouth um and i don't think he thinks of them as progressive i think he thinks of them as common sense i don't even think he puts a label on it you know the idea that you know, we treat immigrants humanely that's not a crazy idea to him the idea that people should have access to health care he's like yeah 
Absolutely. Like, why is that such a controversial thing? Even talking about, like, climate change and, you know, moving away from fossil fuels to renewable energy. And he's like, yeah, that seems pretty, uh, seems pretty common sense. It seems like a pretty sensible idea. And I feel like if you, it, he's almost, it's interesting to look at him because he goes beyond the identity of political affiliation. And he, when you actually ask him about his thoughts on things, he is what most people would assume are quote unquote left of center. But really, I mean, for him, it just seems like common sense. He's like, I don't even know why this would be considered that left of center. I mean, like, why should people go bankrupt because they get sick? Like, what the hell? Why should be, people be crippled by student loan debt? Because, you know, we, they were, we were told everybody gets an education and then they go out and they're crippled by debt. And you can't even get rid of it in bankruptcy, you know, no matter what That's happens. That's a nightmare. Yeah, it's an absolute nightmare. And I think he would, and Joe, it's really interesting because he puts a real reasonable voice to these things that you're not that crazy. I talk with my mom about that all the time. He's like, well, he's so radical. And this is so radical, not about Joe, but like Bernie or Elizabeth Warren or anybody on that side. I'm like, they've been given that label. They've been given that label of aggressive or radical or super liberal or communist or socialist or whatever. But if you actually pull people on specific issues, they're a lot more left than what most people would consider themselves to be because they actually just consider it to be common sense. And then Joe follows up with the most common question of, well, how do you pay for it? Which is also a very sensible question. And I actually think one of my favorite things is that Bernie answered that, I think, pretty succinctly. And I wish people, and even just an hour, even though that doesn't seem like a lot enough, a lot of time, that was, that's like a, an eon in political news cycle. And he was yeah. actually able to articulate things that, mm, I just loved it. And I, was, I, I think it was a great platform for it. They seem to see eye to eye on a lot of stuff absolutely you know people i obviously you know we're listening to a lot of joe so mm -hmm. uh you know we i he's always seemed very mostly liberal to me you know yeah I mean, absolutely. because i've always heard him say about the healthcare thing and then you know abortion rights and he just other than in his hunting is fairly new so a lot mm -hmm. of people see him now and they're like well he's a hunter and then he's also in the last like five years because of his testosterone replacement just beefed himself up to right. where he just looks even more douchebaggy than he ever did before <laughs> and it, i don't know why it just kind of all falls into this like american flag wearing hunting he must be a uh, Republican, but like you said, he just picks things he likes. He does that. Also, the fighting, I guess, the UFC yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, easy it's to assume. But yeah, he's it's... still he's been in Hollywood for twenty years. He's yeah. definitely a liberal dude. He's not fake liberal like many actors. Will no, be, exactly. You know, well, I'm not saying maybe they're not fake. But they're just like overdoing it. I think. But yeah, yeah he he believes it. He's like, look, scientists uh... talk about climate change. It's mm -hmm. fucking probably real like we should pay attention to this shit and why aren't people talking about it and it was cool to have that conversation with bernie yeah. because i'd not ever really paid a lot of attention to what i know you have. you're not doing. a big political guy i d no it stresses me out man i get Just it it up. stresses me out too and i and but i but i don't get away but from you gotta it. know That's... but yeah i, like I just outsource it to you 
you tell right, me. Right, exactly. Go, I like to be informed. You know. I like to be informed. It's it's good, yeah. But I like to be informed about shit that doesn't stress me out. That I get. That you I know? get. Uh, was, I'll read an really article on like how, how a fucking nuclear engine works before I like <laughs> just read the next blah blah argument in in you know well, what's going on in Congress. And you were like, not that alone. seems like who cares? Yeah, you're not alone in how you feel about that either. Because first of all, it's not just stress doesn't just stress people out, but people are sick of it because it's all the people. The best word to describe it is bullshit. But really, you have a bunch of inauthentic people saying inauthentic things because they think that's what people want to hear. And people have listened to bullshit for so long that most people just zone out. This whole idea of like focus testing answers and blah, 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 blah. When somebody just comes along, like a Bernie Sanders, and just kind of says what they feel, and they're like, fuck it, I don't care what you think, but I'm going to make my argument. But, you know, and you can paint me as this, or you can paint me as that, but this is who I am, and you know I believe it, and I make an intelligent argument for it. You might disagree with the argument, but you can't disagree that I make an intelligent one for my issues. I think people prick up and they listen. I think that's why he was so popular um, three, four years ago when he was running against Hillary. There was a lot of people that were like, huh, I like what this guy's saying and I think he really believes it. I don't think he's selling me a, you know, he's not selling me a used fucking car. I think he really believes in this, this product, you know, as it were. You know what I mean? Do you think that the, like, he's going to be able to do any, okay, so we've had... Trump now for how many? It'd be four years by the it's time been one <clears> they years. run against each other, and then yeah, right. <laughs> you've got you've got that happening, right? Him and we've seen what he's done, for mm-hmm. good or bad, and the and the people that follow him. Do you think that it, those people are annoyed with him? Like, has he but gained popularity? Trump. Yeah. Um, like with it within his own group, within his own group. I, I you think know, his, the, obviously no, the, the I mean, side fucking hate just his based on what I've polling I've seen, he's pretty much just stayed. It's been kind of like a flat line. It'll blip every now and then. But the people that loved him before love him now. The people that hated him before hate him now. And the people that were like, eh, fuck it, let's give it a shot. They're the ones that are more like, nah, I don't like this guy. This was a really bad idea. I shouldn't have done this. That's that's I, that's my I wondered unofficial if the reading. people that. Yeah, the, the, well, the, you know, you would know it. I mean, yeah. I thought that the people that hated him would learn to hate him more if, mm-hmm. be, you know, assuming that he was going to become the way that they were at least talking, like he's this buffoon, he's going to fuck everything up, blah, blah, blah. That would mm-hmm. enrage you over four years. And then since right. it was so close before, that would be all the energy you need to, you know, flip him. And, and get get someone else in because like imagine if you didn't like him before but were too lazy to vote well now you right. hate him now you're so you're definitely motivated. voting and you're also considering working on the campaign or handing well, out some flyers or here, starting a conversation crazy thing about our ridiculous countries we have this thing called the electoral college i'm sure you're familiar with it and it really comes down to a certain group of states so, I mean, to be perfectly honest, Wisconsin and Florida kind of have the fate of the world in their hands, if we're going to be real about it. 
because you need those because Democrats must win in Wisconsin to win the whole thing. If they could take Florida, that's even better. Um, it would probably go Trump because you got a bunch of shit kickers down there. No offense to anybody listening in Florida, but um, it's really going to come down to that. So if, if it were a nationwide popular vote, he probably loses by around five million. To be perfectly honest, he lost three, by three million in the last election, and that was with everything going on on top of it, with Russian interference, with James Comey releasing, you know, that memo that Hillary Clinton was back under investigation with her ineptitude. Um, and you know, I know there's a lot of Hillary Clinton fans out there, but she was a bad, flawed candidate. Um, she ran a flawed campaign, cocky, arrogant, and add that up with everything else. She still won the popular vote by three million votes. Um, That's but it doesn't a lot. Fuck, doesn't fucking matter because you got to win Wisconsin. She lost Wisconsin by like I don't know between. 10,000, 70,000 votes. I think it was around 10,000. I think she lost Pennsylvania by 70,000 votes. She lost Wisconsin by about 10,000 votes. 10,000 votes. 10,000 votes that if Democrats don't pick them up, another million years of Trump. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so in terms so of So when his you popularity, say that it's just these two states, it's yeah. because the how many, it's that all the other states are like, they're going to well, be what they're going to be. Probably. I mean, you've I seen, get it. you saw in the midterms the mean return to normal, which means that um, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin at the midterms kind of went back to blue to the old Obama numbers, essentially. Um, so you saw, you know, governorships, Senate seats, congressional races, all kind of like trended back to where they normally were, which was to the left, to Democrats. Um, and if you go by just a normal map, blue and red, it should slightly favor Democrats because of just the blue states you have versus the red states you have, mainly because Democrats get um, New York and California, and that just that helps a shit ton. Um, so you're seeing that, but then Wisconsin has been trending a little red over the last decade, um, especially in local politics. So you're seeing that. So that's kind of your dicey thing. Everybody kind of feels like Pennsylvania and Michigan are back to the mean, which means they're back to blue. Everybody that took a chance on this shit or didn't go home, they're coming back or they're voting blue. But Wisconsin is kind of the big red card and then or the big um, the big wild card as it is. And then Florida has always been a wild card. It usually goes 51-49 both ways you never really know it's a huge swing state it's been trending a little more red lately but you know obama won it he won it at least once he might have won it twice so it's one of those things but it really comes down to those two states because i am and that's just assuming ohio goes red although i don't know for sure the, you know ohio's been hit pretty hard by the dayton shooting um they've been hit hard you know, economically, I mean, it has not been good for them during the Trump administration. And it's been trending red, but there might be a lot of disaffected voters there that don't like what's happening in their state. So for sure. You can, Damn. You can talk you about jujitsu and now, I'll talk about politics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I was about to say. You have become the Joe Rogan Experience Review political analyst from now on. Yeah, this is pretty great. much. I, mean, I love this shit. Well, it's good because I, I don't follow it. and I, But I, I think in a... 
lazy way, maybe, I represent... And li- listen, it's not just because, oh, I'm English, I don't give a fuck about America. Not true. No, I've been here not. 24 years. I have citizenship. When I was in high school here, I followed a lot of political stuff. I had for a decade past that. And then there just became a point where I was like, this stresses me out too much. I'm too... I'm reading too much of it. I'm too focused on it. I want to do something else. You are absolutely not in the minority there. I think most people feel that way about it or they're just, they're disengaged and they know, I'm like, I got to make a decision once every four years or once every two years. Um, I was talking to a buddy of mine and we were talking about who our preferred candidates are. Who do we think could win? Who do we think could beat Trump? Blah, 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 blah. And he said, do you know, to be perfectly honest, I want someone that lets me not think about this shit for one goddamn minute. And I was like, yeah, you're fucking A right. It's like, I'm sick of living in this world where I have to, I feel, this is me personally, feel like I have to be constantly engaged because I want to know what's going on and I want to know how to battle this, even if it's in my own mind, you know what I mean? And I would love if just somebody would come along and be like, Here's my platform. Like, if it was burning, it's like, my platform is, uh, you're not going to have to think about it, like, at all. <laughs> and I think that would be really fucking, it's like, for four years, you're just going to go to work, and things are going to be better. I think that would be amazing. I would love that. That would I be would great. fucking love that. It's like, that's my platform. You don't have to worry about it. I, or the platform of, like, Bernie Sanders 2020, I got this. <laughs> like, and that's it. Yeah. That's what I, I think. Uh, I think a lot of people feel that way. It's like, Christ Jesus, can I just go to my work without wondering whether or not some shit is going to go down with another country or people's lives are going to be ruined or for a multitude of reasons? Like, why can't things just be a little better? You know, nobody's asking for easy, but it wouldn't be so bad if things were just a little less hard. You know what I mean? Is it, ju- is it that you just don't trust what, who's in power and what's happening and it's Me, it, and then you're like it partially you're like well i need to take a little bit of this responsibility on myself yeah i think so and i'm kind of a control freak so that's part of it too and i like to know things yeah. and this stuff i mean i've always been fascinated by government and politics ever since i was a kid like i did this open book i'll never forget it was in government class in high school we had this open book constitution test um i didn't use the book I was done in 20 minutes. I handed it in to the teacher, and he gave me this look like, oh, you, you didn't even try on this, or, you know, oh, you didn't even study, and you're like, you've just given up. And I was like, nope. And he came back, and he was like, this is the first person to ever get 100% on this test ever in the entire time I've ever taught this class. And he, handed, and he, goes, <laughs> and he did it in like 20 minutes because I was like, because I know this shit, son. I love it. I always have. <laughs> I've always been fascinated. No, I, almost went, I almost went to law school with the idea of, getting into politics almost did wow but but then i decided um why money that seems like too much fun i'll just become an artist instead (laughs) yeah let's be broke and have a podcast yeah and you know it's worked out well so far i love that he talked about uh legalizing marijuana and then sorting out the prison systems as well yeah me too like he he didn't say anything to me when I was listening that I was like, no, that's fucked up. That's a stupid thing. Like, yeah. I liked hearing all of it. And it was all very compassionate and seems very doable. And even when done, 
I don't think it would be a bad thing. Like, listen, if you legalize marijuana federally, then yep. there's no more illegal marijuana growing. Exactly. It would be unnecessary to do it. You'd there, get there it wouldn't on be Amazon any more like cartel weed. Yeah, it would be like no more weed um, being brought into the country. The cartels mm-hmm. could just focus on cocaine and the other shit that we haven't legalized yet. Yeah. And now it's everywhere and the stigma's completely gone. You could fly with it. You can be on a plane. Everyone's on edibles. It's exactly. that one. That one to me, and I, you know, obviously I smoke a lot of weed, so I'm a huge advocate for it. But right. I do feel like, all right, you could sit down with a psychiatrist or a psychologist and talk about all the shit that's fucked up in your life. Re-examine, mm-hmm. look into the past, realize what you're doing, why you're lying all the time, why you cheat, why you steal, all these things. Or you could just get on a solid regimen of smoking weed and deal with that paranoia yourself by reflecting and being like, <laughs> oh, I'm fucking up, and then change it in a slightly good way. I mean, it's it's the only drug that I would want people to um, abuse in the sense of being addicted to that would have a positive um, ref- reflection on society. Though saying that, maybe Adderall could do that too, even though it's not great for you. But if you <laughs> pump everyone up with energy, they get more shit done. But the marijuana <clears throat> one is better. It's making people nicer. It's not like you want to make everyone in the country an alcoholic. That would be terrible. Exactly. That would be that's shit. Half the country's Yeah, and he, anyway. he said he could do it with a presidential, what did he call it, order? Like, well, he could definitely direct the DOJ <clears throat> to stop um, enforcing or uh, federal marijuana laws. Um, so he I mean, could but I think that. he said with like a presidential order, he could he could he could. federal. Here's the problem with that, and and I like that as a stopgap measure. But the problem with that is the next guy can come in and undo that, and then you're back to square one. Well, that's the problem. With yeah, the but you have. But hold on, potentially he has eight years to run yeah. that simulation, you know, to exactly. see, that here's what's going to happen. They're going to start making so much tax revenue in every state from it, like all the no, states totally. that have legalized it, Colorado, California. Colorado and California. There's no way that a state's going to go back on it. They're going to be like, listen, dude, I understand that you're running on a platform of no drugs and you want to be conservative, but totally. we can afford to buy so much more shit now. And it's not mm-hmm. really causing any problems, so it, it'll win out itself. It it's, just it's it, it'll be oh, too powerful anyway. once they open the the floodgates. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's that's gonna be it. It's a tax yeah, it's, that you don't go back on. You're like free money, baby. It's true. No, it's on its way anyway. It's on its way. It's gonna happen. It may not happen in the next few years, but it's within the next ten to twenty. It's ha- that's a done deal. Like just. It's like anything else. It's like gay marriage or anything else that I could think. I can't think of another example right now. But it's like it, you could see, you can see the way the wind is blowing. It's the cards are on the table. Yeah, but it's, it's going it's that different way. than that. An abortion, and didn't they just tighten abortion laws in like Alabama or Tennessee? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Some no, states go like, back and forth on things. Oh yeah, but no, I, mean, I was talking more about like gay marriage and things like that. I mean, how you could see just publicly that was trending in a way that like this was going to become how it is eventually. Like we were, because too much of the country was like accepting of it and, and encouraging of it. And true. 
abortion has always been that there's always been that 50 50 thing there's always you know we got a lot of religious people in this country um and that's always been a contentious issue but gay marriage not as much we definitely not as much because yeah and and this want to move faster because there's so much money behind it. well there's so much money to be made yeah all the cartel money money now goes to the government they become the new cartel and nobody gets killed because of it i know it's like fun healthcare with it fucking do it it's fun healthcare Uh, yeah or let's use it for a medicine and have that that be actually scientifically stated and the um all right yeah the effects of hemp are huge too like we should we should embrace, not push away. Hmm. I, you know, it's funny. I recently have been taking a lot of the hemp oil extract. I, know I moved you away have, from yeah. like the CBD stuff that I was taking, and I, sure. I'll take a bunch of that. It's very good for anxiety. You love I it. I think personally, uh, for me at least, it seems to be better than taking CBD for um, anxiety. I can't tell for inflammation. But mm. you take a lot more milligrams of the hemp oil extract. But what's cool about that one is that one was always fucking legal. Crazy. Yeah. I'm like, how did I not even know about this? Isn't I'm an advocate nuts? of it. I've I've not heard people talk about the hemp oil extract. It's always THC and, and the CBD. I know. Like, because oh, the hemp oil extract's non-psychoactive. I'm like, trust me, dude, you feel very relaxed. Very chilled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take enough of that. You are You are just floating through your day but you know you're cognizant you can think you can you can force conflict it's not like you're a pushover it's uh it's very yeah very nice yeah lots of nutrition in there okay so that was my political end of it was the marijuana of course i was going to jump of course but i liked a lot of this that's personal i really did i i got a lot out of this and i i'm really impressed with how he was talking and we're gonna see how how well he does you think he's gonna be the front runner no it's gotta be right i don't no. i don't think he will be i think uh, uh, well uh, i think there's two things going against him his age unfortunately is one of them um the second is he is he older than trump yeah i'm pretty sure he is i'm pretty sure oh, shit he's um i think he's 78 i'm not positive but i think he's 78 oh my god really fuck me yeah 77 78 something like that um, yeah, the second is he ideal. identifies as a democratic socialist, which to me, while that's fine to feel that way, it's horrible branding because this country has some goddamn bug up its ass about socialism, quote unquote socialism, even though you, we, I mean, we have so many government programs already. We have socialist programs, but that goes back to identity how Americans feel about their country, how they want to feel that they are represented by their country. And we've always had this goddamn thing, you know, democracy and capitalism and socialism flies in the face of that. So that flies in the face of that identity. And I think too many voters, even in the primary, are going to be trepidatious about that because they think it'll turn too many people off. I'm thrilled to be wrong. I really do. I really would be. But I think... I think you'll see that 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 and his age ends up being a drawback. Personally. Yeah. Well, but we'll see. Fuck. I mean, he did. He did. On that note, yeah, it's uh, that we'll see. But that's a shame. It is a shame he's not twenty years younger, or there's a younger version of him that is is picking up the same momentum and speed and and. Oh, there know, is. There is. 
Her name's Elizabeth Dude, Warren. Tulsi Keep Gabbard? A... No, Elizabeth Warren. Keep an eye out. Oh, Pocahontas? Yeah, but there's very little daylight between the two of them. <laughs> if you really, I mean, if you you sit down and listen, there's not much daylight between the two of them. It's how they approach. Well, hopefully she goes on Rogan. I don't think she, she hasn't before. I think she'd so maybe be she great get on, on Rogan. There and, and I think he'd fucking hit, love her. I think he'd love her. Yeah, we'll find out. We need we need these conversations though. We need to find out who these people are before they even start. So it's important. Th- that's that's how to do it. I mean, it would have been cool to have got Trump on before he became president. He wouldn't do it Oof. now, but I'm of sure he would have done it beforehand. I think yeah, he'd do anything. Like, oh my god, is he out he'd of? He'd do mind anything for attention. Not? Yeah, anything. It was a great episode. This is definitely it worth was. listening to, even if you're not into politics, which I just generally am not. But I really do think that it gives you an idea of what you believe in compared to what the candidates do, and that helps you decide. Like, are you voting one way just because your parents did and your friends do, or or do you really think that? You know, what do you really care about? I think that that was that's cool. And thank you to our new political analyst, Mark, who you know way more about this shit than I was expecting. This was fucking brilliant for me to learn. This was like going to political class. Cheers, bud. (laughs) <laughs> uh, quick talk. shout out also it's joe's birthday in a couple of days two days so happy right birthday on. to joe rogan on august 11th uh send him joe some rogan. flowers and thanks for downloading as always this one was a big political one so people are gonna have some real energy behind what was They're said and what feelings. was thought yeah send us some comments um Come our instagram us, is the joe rogan experience review message us there let us know what you think if you think mark was correct or wrong about anything hit us up same with yeah. me with jujitsu any big jujitsu fans out there if you thought what i said was smart or dumb or stupid or brilliant uh let us know it's always cool to hear back from people and we've been getting uh, quite a bit of fan mail so um yeah always. we're just trying yeah. to hone this and make it better so, yeah we're just we're just making it better and, it, and if you do disagree with me it's totally fine um my mother does too so <laughs> so I'm ready to go. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Bye. Later.